Hello everyone, and welcome to a brand new, sleek, minimalist, one-of-a-kind episode of the Savvy Tech Podcast. We're not here to teach you about tech, no, we're here to change the world. Much like the subject of this podcast, <laughs> Apple, and its eccentric founder, Steve Jobs. I'm your host, Mood. And I'm your host, Suma. And did you know that he dropped the first iPod prototype in a fish tank just to prove a point? And no, the point wasn't that the iPod was waterproof. That would come way later. And I think we'll start with giving you a brief background on Apple as a tech company. Yeah, um, Apple, or Apple Computers, as they called themselves at the time, was founded in 1976 by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. They were two college dropouts from California. Now, Wozniak built the first Apple computer, which was a single board that you plug a keyboard and monitor into. The device was very successful in their town, and a few years later, they would build the Apple II, which was the first ever colored graphics computer that revolutionized home computing at the time. A huge part of their vision was to make the computer user-friendly and small enough so that each home could have one. Uh, To this very day, Apple seems to prioritize user-friendliness above all else. These computers sent Apple sales soaring to 80 million in just four years after it was first founded. In 1983, Jobs hired the vice president of PepsiCo to become the CEO of Apple using the famous line, Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or come with me and change the world? Which was, you know... (laughs) Which is telling. Steve Jobs would definitely say something pretentious like that about making computers. <laughs> can already and... see you don't like Steve Jobs very much. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that decision would soon bite Jobs in the ass. You see, Jobs and Scully had a lot of conflicts over the years due to Jobs' stubbornness and confrontational nature. But in 1985, it all came to a head when the latest Macintosh the department that Steve ran, performed so poorly that Apple was losing money. They posted the first losses they ever did in that quarter. This led to Scully trying to remove Steve from decision-making roles in the company, moving him to a more public-facing chairman role. And when Steve noticed this happening, he tried to do a little coup and remove Scully from his position. (laughs) This led to Scully uh, giving the... uh, board of directors and ultimatum either me or jobs and the uh, board of directors cho- so which one did they choose the board of directors sided with scully and steve oh. decided to leave the company it's got to be embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> um when jobs left he took several apple employees with him and he started this new company called next software with and the, the uh, yeah. Do you want to point this out? Yeah, for some weird reason, he chose to make the X and the T in the next uh, name capital. So it's N-E small, X-T capital. That way it looks more hip. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, like it may look pretentious hip, but this company did not find that much success, actually. (laughs) It was a pretty okay company. They made their own computers and they sold them to educational uh, institutes and companies. Yeah, um, it found limited success, you know, in building and selling computers. And he also helped fund and became a majority shareholder in Pixar. Now, Pixar is a company that made the 3D animation world, you know? And even though it took them a while to reach their full potential, they eventually started creating their classic hits like 
Toy Story and Ratatouille. I mean, we all know these movies. We've all seen them. Have you seen Toy Story 3, Mint? I think so, yeah. I have It was a pretty crappy movie. No, I'm joking. What? I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet? It came out like a freaking decade ago. No! When Toy did... Story 3? Are you kidding? It came out no. like... Toy Story 4 sorry. came oh, out a couple of years ago. Sorry. Toy I Story meant 3 Toy... came out in 2010, 11 years ago. <laughs> I meant Toy Story 4. <laughs> well, alright, but like... Okay, have you seen Toy Story 4? I didn't like Toy Story 3, why would I watch Toy Story 4? Oh, so you were serious about it being crappy? Nah, it was okay, but... It's the one where they added like 25 different characters, including a freaking pink bear. I just couldn't keep up with it. <laughs> Alright, that's reasonable. Meanwhile, uh, while he was working on these side projects, Apple's sales would take a hit in the 90s due to strong competition from Microsoft, and so they would they ended up buying Next Software and hired Steve Jobs back as interim or temporary CEO. He, he must have been like, you know, so cocky when he came back. Like, he, ha, you couldn't live without me. <laughs> he only has one setting and it's cocky. <laughs> well... Of course, as soon as they hired Jobs back in 1997, the company took a new turn and the sales started rocketing again, thanks to him. I gotta say, even though I have read from many, many sources that he is difficult to work with, and when I say difficult to work with, I mean when the first iPod prototype was created, Jobs said it was too big. So the engineers told him that they've done basically all they can to reduce the size, and it was simply impossible to make it any smaller, you know? So Jobs took the iPod and dropped it in a fish tank, and when bubbles floated to the top, he told them that since there was still air in the device, it can be made smaller. Yeah, uh, he was definitely not easy to please, and many sources will tell you that he did not care about people's feelings at all. But I, nonetheless, really think that uh, if it wasn't for him and his influence, uh, the company would never have been this successful. And I mean, at the end of the day, the iPod thing seemed to have worked. I mean, the prototype was around 20 millimeters thick, and it launched at like 10.5 millimeters. Wow, so it seems like, you know, goal achieved. <laughs> goal achieved, sure, but at what cost? Of course, he was pretty adamant that the iPod be smaller because of his vision. For the company and the device. Uh, he wanted simple, elegant, minimalist design, and so they just had to make it fit his vision. And throughout the years, everything uh, we see from them fits this vision uh, from their products, the iPhones, and their MacBooks, and how they've gotten thinner and thinner and more minimalist as time went on. I can see why he's really into minimalism, because minimalism in design has the benefit of stripping away all the unnecessary layers that distract the user from the real goal behind the product. It conveys to the user the essential message behind the design easier, you know? Minimalist design tends to use more white space, that means less clutter on the product or the page, you know? Um, better typography, you know, better fonts and less, less colors, so it's pretty, pretty simple. Of course, that does not mean the product is instantly better than others with different design theories, but it definitely helps with marketing the product to the user. In fact, Apple follows the minimalism theory even in their marketing. It is the company that rarely speaks, so that when it does, everybody listens. Actually, you know what? I recommend you guys to pause right now. No, don't pause. Just 
Pause. No. Okay. <laughs> Go check Apple's Twitter account right now. You, you will find no tweets. Who cares? Don't pause. <laughs> keep listening. <laughs> yeah, please keep listening as yeah. as we talk over, you know, you checking Apple's Twitter account. So anyway, minimalism in Apple doesn't only apply to design, but to everything. But you cannot just rely on your designs to get customers. Your product has to be of top quality. Take the Apple Pencil, for example, okay? And I'm giving this as an example because it was... It, it, like, it, it showed me how much they focus on details in their products. If you set the pencil down on a service, it won't slide or fall or roll around. It will reset to the position where it says pencil. This tiny detail has taken Apple engineers months and months to ensure that the weight distribution in the pencil resets to that position eventually. Another example that may seem irrelevant, but really isn't, is that Apple has a box engineer. Wow, a box engineer. It is exactly like how it sounds. I would have thought that box technology would have plateaued around the cardboard box, but you know. <laughs> you would think, yeah. but this person literally has the job of opening and closing boxes all day. <laughs> <laughs> Why on earth would he be doing that though? But it's not just that, okay? This person's job is to ensure that their product's boxes make for a positive sensory experience for ah, the user. Okay. Yeah. And to also make sure that the box opens at a velocity, which is slow, but not too slow, you know, slow enough to build anticipation. Oh my god, Apple is so pretentious. I can't it's not it. pretentious, it's called user experience. Sure. Another example is the App Store. As a developer, I know for a fact that the Android version of a mobile app is usually the first to be ready and deployed on the store. Yeah. And this is because Apple just does not tolerate bugs, glitches, security vulnerabilities, or even like the tiniest deviation from their uh, guidelines. Yeah. When developing for the App Store, the biggest problem that any developer faces is getting the app approved. You would uh, wait months for the approval process to, to, to go through the motions as they send it back and you change things and send it back to them. Apps can be rejected for small errors, mentioning Android-specific features, or even having a design that doesn't mesh well with the iOS style. This can be super frustrating for developers who have specific ideas about how their apps should look and function across multiple platforms. Developers have to take a great deal of time and care to make sure their apps fit the Apple standards and rules. However, their team usually gives detailed feedback on why the app didn't make the cut. This helps Apple keep tight control over the user experience on their devices. Of course, this, alongside many of Apple's other design choices, can suck for people who like to tinker with their phones and who don't like to be restricted to certain pre-approved applications. Yeah, and this is where things get a bit controversial, actually, because customers always demand mobile phone companies to do things in a different way. For example, like add this feature, remove that feature, change that feature, and Apple never listens. And Steve Jobs actually once said, it's not the consumer's job to figure out what they want. And here's how I like to analyze that phrase. When you go to the doctor, you have a problem and you want the doctors to solve that problem for you. You don't tell the doctor how to solve it, right? And while there may be a few exceptions, generally the patient is given little choice over most things, and the doctor is usually in charge. 
And I really think that the same should go for clients who look for solutions from designers. A client needs a logo for their new business idea, so they go to a designer. The correct approach here is to explain your concept, your likes, your dislikes, and let the designer do their job. Unfortunately, that isn't what happens most of the time, and the client ends up directing the designer to change this color, make that box bigger, and suddenly the design is turned uglier, you know? And I'm sorry, I, I think I just went on a rant yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> But you have no idea how frustrating it is as a web designer to see your work turn into a shittier version of what it originally used to be just because the clients wants the red shade to be brighter. Oh yeah, definitely. I know all about that red shade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in my opinion, good for Apple for not always listening to their customers because you know what? Even customers sometimes don't know what they want. I know for a fact that I don't know what I want most of the time until I see it. <laughs> I know that if Apple were to follow their customers' demands, they would not be making 66% of smartphone profits today, even though they represent only 20% of smartphones in the market. I gotta say, that's a really, really amazing statistic. <laughs> oh my god. I did not know that their phones were that uh, profitable. Yeah. But they did pass 100 billion... Uh, in profits uh, this year so you know they can sure. <laughs> they can definitely run a successful business <laughs> now that said I don't actually agree with their vision to be honest I mean as a Windows and Android user I love having the freedom and ability to tinker with my device though I have to be honest and say I can definitely see the appeal of the Apple ecosystem I mean in my opinion that feature alone is almost worth getting into it it's just that there are so many of those little apple quirks that in the end it's just not worth it for me personally mm -hmm. now apple does this thing this really interesting thing with their marketing and their design where they pretend that competitors don't exist uh, when you watch their events you see them comparing the new iphone to the last iphone the new chip to the last chip the new mac to the last mac this gives a weird psychological effect on the viewer where instead of comparing apple to other companies competing with them in the same field, they end up comparing Apple to Apple. And uh, instead of deciding between, say, buying a MacBook or an HP laptop, they end up uh, comparing Macs to Macs and deciding to buy a Mac. Yeah. And uh, this technique uh, builds customer loyalty. Now, I'm sure we all have that friend who really, really, really loves Apple products <laughs> and just will not shut up about how awesome they are. I hope I'm not that friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no comment. <laughs> I mean, it's practically a meme at this point. It's the psychological effect that's called brand tribalism. And it's a big concept in the marketing world, and Apple is using it brilliantly, pretending that they live in this parallel universe where there is no other tech company except for theirs will make you more loyal to the brand because there is only one real brand, Apple. And that's why Apple fanboys and girls defend it so much when people diss it. Um, I would actually, uh, I would like to offer a um, counter-argument to that because lately Apple has been changing course from its main plan of remaining this mysterious minimalist luxury brand. Uh, recently it's been following in the footsteps of competitors and competitor comparing their products I... <laughs> I just took on a Scottish accent there. <laughs> 
But yeah, they've been comparing their products to their competitors' products a lot lately. For example, let's look at the latest ad campaigns telling customers that their phones are faster than any smartphone. Like, Apple used to compare their phones to previous iPhones. It never compared iPhone to smartphones in general. And you know how they've recently built their own chip for the Mac Pro, the M1? Yeah, yeah. I'm super interested in that. I might be the one that finally makes me buy a MacBook. <laughs> well, not for me. I do like my Windows laptop. The launch event was basically Apple saying our software is better than Windows and our hardware is better than Intel. Like, they even showed graphs comparing their chip to quote-unquote latest PC laptop chip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Basically dissing Intel. Yeah, basically a shift in, uh, in, in direction when it comes to marketing. Very interesting. Yeah, another thing that they didn't do before but do now is releasing many products in such a short period of time, which is so unlike Apple. Instead of releasing one phone, they release variations of the same phone with different prices. I mean, let's compare 2013 with 2020 as to how many products Apple has published in the two separate years, okay? In 2013, Apple published eight products, as per, as per my research, okay? Including two iPhones, iPhone 5S and iPhone 5C. In 2020, they released 21 products, including five iPhones. So they are clearly ditching some aspects of, you know, the whole minimalism principle. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be working out for them. Apple has also been making their products cheaper and cheaper over the last few years. I mean, their iPhone SE last year won the best budget phone in the Tom's Guide Awards. Can you believe it, Apple? Best budget phone? It's insane. <laughs> you would never think. Never. And, and the reason, well, actually... Two reasons they've been decreasing their prices is that, number one, they want to expand their customer base and reach the lower end of the consumer market by making their products more affordable. And number two, which is kind of based on number one, uh, is a long-term sort of thing. Because in recent years, most tech companies follow a subscription-based plan or at least are transitioning towards one when it comes to selling products. And it's not just streaming services or ISPs that do that. It's also music apps, gaming apps, Adobe. Since the subscription-based business model is taking over and it's so successful, Apple has published many subscription-based apps like Apple TV+, Apple Music, Apple Arcade, uh, which is a really shitty game service, Apple News+, Plus, which is a really shitty news service. <laughs> and quite recently, they have released a pack. Come on. <laughs> it's true. Do you know anyone who uses Apple News+, Plus? No, but I certainly wouldn't use wouldn't trade my Steam for Apple Arcade. Exactly. I'll tell you that. Exactly. And they quite recently released a package which gives you all their subscription-based services for a lesser price, and it's called Apple One, I think. And it just got released last year. And yeah, I would definitely buy that. I think if I was an Apple uh, user or other, if I was as immersed into their ecosystem as a lot of other people are. I mean, it seems like uh, a good deal. Apple TV Plus, Apple Music alone are, I think, worth it together. If, for example, I had an iPhone and a Mac. Yeah, but in my opinion, and as an iPhone user, uh, I think that there are better alternatives to their subscription services. I mean, they have not perfected those yet. Like, can, re can Apple TV Plus really compete with Netflix and HBO? No. 
don't, it doesn't stand a chance. Um, I don't know about Apple Music. A lot of people prefer that, but honestly, I would prefer Spotify. Um, Apple Arcade, really? Like no, the, no, no. I, I don't want Apple Arcade. <laughs> like I can have Steam for free. <laughs> Why would I pay subscription for? Well, the thing about Apple Arcade is they give you free games. Apparently, oh, yeah, all of them. I'm not entirely sure if it's all of them or not, but I I think it's uh, it's. Uh, it's a game streaming service as well as a store, so that might explain why. Uh... That would make more sense, not yeah. gonna lie. That would that would at least justify paying a subscription. I would still not use it, but <laughs> at least I'll be like, yep, that's a reasonable price. And Apple News Plus, really? I mean, Reddit is no, there. No, I don't even want to talk about that one. That one's just not worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, well, clearly the pandemic has affected the way Apple usually goes about its business, right? Because buying phones online is becoming more and more of a thing. So maybe because they can no longer attract customers in their fancy headquarters to display the luxury of their products, they're actually maybe starting to get drowned out by their competitors. And in order to keep, you know, floating, they have to make a few compromises, like dropping the whole mysterious act and becoming more open to customers in people, you know? Like, for example, the la- la- the latest iOS 14 update where they provided features that Android users have had for a long time, like app widgets and home screens, or picture-in-picture video pop-ups, or being able to use your phone when it's ringing, which is honestly was like the highlight of the update. I, like, if there was one reason why I updated my phone to iOS 14, it's it's that I would be able to use it while it's ringing. <laughs> yeah, that is a really cool feature that I've had since I've owned a phone, basically. Well, yeah, that's what the Android users kept saying. Like, oh, you've had that for a long time, but you know what? No, I'm happy for you guys. I'm really happy. Yeah, it makes yeah. it more likely that I buy an iPhone. Ooh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I am not a fanboy. I have to be honest. I just want to buy something that does what I need for an affordable price and... Apple so far has failed on that front, but you know what? In recent years, they really have been catching my attention, and I actually might go in that direction. I think we all have a lot to learn from the Apple story. While building an entire company's vision around the ideas of a single person creates a single point of failure that can destroy the entire company, with enough adaption to the changing world around them, it can also help them build consistently awesome products that keep people believing in that vision. And yeah, I think that's all we have time for today. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, follow us on Twitter, at SavvyTechPod. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We have a new Instagram account now. Yes, we at do. At SavvyTechPodcast. Yay. Make sure to comment about this uh, new episode, specifically about uh, what you think of Apple's vision. Is it real? Is it this fake charade? Uh, Do you believe in it? Has it convinced you? Or has it just made you hate them more? Like a lot of people who hate them because of their pretentiousness alone and nothing to do with the products. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening and we will see you or rather we will not see you because this is... You will hear us? You will hear us next time. (laughs) We keep thinking we have a YouTube channel. (laughs) One day. One day. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. See you next time.